This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so, so excited for today's guest. I'm an incredible woman, broadcast news anchor, reporter, producer, mother. You guys, this woman is amazing. I have the fabulous Carrie Barrett, and I want to tell you guys a little bit about her. So Carrie has spent the two decades in front of the camera as a broadcast news anchor, reporter, and producer for a number of reputable outlets, including NBC, ABC, and Fox, just to name a few. And in those roles, she earned several notable accolades, including a first place award with the Society of Professional Journalists, SPJ, an Emmy Award in Breaking News, and Regional Edward R. Murrow Award for Overall Excellence, and Utah Broadcasters Association Award. So guys, she's only gotten like a couple awards, no big deal. <laughs> in early 2019, she decided to take her passion in a new direction. And with that, she founded Carrie Barrett Consulting, which is a full service public speaking and media training boutique. And today she helps others bring their stories to life with confidence and personality. Carrie, what an honor. Welcome to my show. When what an introduction. I need to hang out with you more often. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> we all got to pump each other up, you know? <laughs> That's exactly right. We could all use that, especially now. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You are a lovely lady. I'm a huge fan of what you do. And from the moment we first spoke for my video series, I have, I have been looking forward to this podcast episode. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, I am honored. Yes, I was on your amazing series that sucks. Get back up. And you guys, if you haven't checked it out, you have to check it out. It's amazing. It's so inspiring. It's literally what you hear. It's like you go through something sucky and how'd you get back up? And the interviews that Carrie does are truly like inspiring and motivating. And that's why I wanted to have her on my show today because Carrie, like, you know, you do come from such an incredible background of all the things you've done. So can you go into, you know, a little bit more about how you got started and your career path and then a little bit fast forward to now, of course, what you're doing with consulting and your own series and everything? Yeah, well, it's sort of a crazy, so I'll, I'll give you the abridged version because the, the long story is too long, but I will speak I will tell you this. So back in the day, I was totally, completely, utterly horrified, horrifically terrified of public speaking. I don't mean like a normal fear of, I don't want to get up in a room of 500 people and have them look at me and screw up and feel like a jerk. I mean, like back of the room, puddle of my own vomit, likely in the fetal position. Certainly I would have pissed myself fear of public speaking. <laughs> And that was like, for the, I mean, that was started when I was very young and it continued all the way up into, into really into adulthood. So here's the thing. I started out as a pre-veterinary medicine major. I wanted to work with animals. I wanted to work with horses. Two years into my college career, I learned that the only thing that I got along with less than public speaking was chemistry. So we had a like terrible breakup. We were never going to be friends. And I had to figure out what the heck I was going to do now that the thing I had assumed I was always going to do was not going to happen. And so I took, 
about a year and a half off and to find myself (laughs) (laughs) when I say it I'm like but I think everybody does that right at some point we all do it had a had super strong veterinary um sciences program at that point they weren't super strong in the communications department and really they had sort of just launched this um this department it was very broad it was like business communications and advertising and marketing and pr and a little bit of journalism and you know speech pathology it was like the whole gamut and i thought well surely I can find something in this huge range that I can A, use to make a living, B, does in, doesn't involve any chemistry or science, and C, maybe just maybe I will figure out how to finally get a grip on this fear of public speaking that I had because I had to take a public speaking course. So I was trying to like, recoup that year and a half that I had lost and I jammed my semester full of like I was taking double time you know 12 credits is full time I think I was at 24 and I could jam in another three credits into my schedule by taking on an internship because I could do that in the evenings and I could do it on the weekends so I got an internship at a local tv station WYFF in Greenville South Carolina it's the NBC affiliate and Oh my gosh, I loved it from day one. So then I had to figure out how the heck am I going to like get up on a, in front of a camera and talk to people live without being a complete, you know, I want to swear, but I'm not going to. Oh no, you can, you can swear. It's all without, good. Without sounding like a complete asswipe and making a complete <laughs> fool of myself. So that was sort of the, the pivotal turning point for me. And um, I, I ended up being pretty darn good at it. It was a, taking small chunks and like being forced to do it day in and day out. And that's how I grew my confidence. I was never perfect, but I, I was able to handle whatever was thrown my way. Anyway, cut to now. I did that for 20 years getting up at 1.30 in the morning show. I have three kids, I'm exhausted. And I left the business and um, had no idea what I was going to do. And then I decided literally one afternoon that I was going to start my own company, teaching people how to uh, create DIY marketing video, how to have a great delivery on camera, how to leverage their video for uh PR, media exposure, how to create, you know, creating visual brand stories and video brand stories. And that all morphed a little bit since the pandemic hit. You know, I had a lot of people hiring me to teach them how to pitch and sell and present on Zoom, but it offered some opportunity as well. So here I am just barely at two years of my business and totally loving it. Um, <laughs> on that roller coaster for sure, which anybody who started a business knows it's like, oh shit, what the hell did I get myself into? Like I have those moments on the daily, but I love it. It's a t- total emotional roller coaster. I agree with you being Gosh. an entrepreneur. It's like, there's just so much unknown and you're like, wow, what, what am I doing? What is this? But you're right. It's like, you really, if you're really passionate, if you really love it, you're just in it. And thank you for sharing, you know, so vulnerably of like, 
your start and everything you did and even how, you know, what you thought you were going to do for school completely changed because I think that's so important for anyone listening, you know, to understand that like things do change. I mean, especially now, obviously in the world and, you know, it's like, you can get discouraged, of course. And, you know, you can wonder like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But look at like all the things now you've done and how you found your true calling at the time after you were forced out of something that you believed to be true that you were going to do. Well, I, I love that you mentioned that. And I, and, and I, I like sharing that story because number one, I still am somewhat amazed that I overcame that intense fear that I had. Like if you talk to people I went to college or went to high school with, they'd be like, you're the last person I ever thought would have a career in front of the camera. But I, I do like sharing it because I think very often we, and I'm, I'm heck I'm guilty of the same thing, just not in this particular scenario, but like we get stuck and we put ourselves in these boxes and we create these boundaries around ourselves. And I mean, we know that we do it, but it really, you really have to be And I I think the word intentional is overused, but you really have to be intentional to break out of it. And that's what being, that's what being in the news forced me to do. I had to be intentional. I had to do it every day. You know, if if I, I couldn't go to my boss and be like, I'm feeling really anxious today. I don't think I can do this. Okay. well, Well, then see you later. But you know, what's interesting. I, as I started to put the pieces together of why I developed this fear, I remember, and I'm going to take you, I'm going to, we're going to go way back. Um, and it's not even Thursday, <laughs> but I, I had a bully and, she, and I, she really started to affect me when I was in like fifth grade. Her name was Jen. I can't even remember her last name right now, but, but she sat on my shoulder for decades and like dictated every decision I made. She told me what to do, how to feel, what to think, who to try and be friends with, what I should do. And I, it wasn't honest to God until I was in, until I was in the news industry that I'm like, you know what, Jen, F off, man, (laughs) go fuck yourself. I don't want to listen to you anymore. And you can sit on my shoulder and I can acknowledge you and say, Hey there, I see you there, but you will no longer be in charge of making my decisions. And that's sort of where it all began to change. Wow. Uh, Thank you so much for being so honest and sharing that because I think again, and I know myself as well, have many of us have experienced bullies. Many of us don't realize the things we go through, especially at a young age, definitely not yeah. only can have, you know, trauma on us, but can stay with us is what you're describing and actually become part of our limiting beliefs and become part of that inner voice that's saying, no, you can't do it. You're going to fuck up. Don't bother. You know, we all have it. We all have that inner voice. And a lot of it is of course, from us alone. But then when you add in someone like this girl, Jen, who you experience, who is actually real to you and that gets attached to that. I mean, that can be crippling. Very crippling. Yeah. And I think we don't give it enough credence. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how old you are. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're younger than me, but like we didn't have a word for it back then. You know, it was not like a bully. It was just sort of what it did. And I think there was a, there was a point um, well into my adulthood when I was still sort of like ashamed of it. You know, I was embarrassed that I had been bullied and that I was like, and 
maybe even more than that, that it was still affecting me. But I think, you know, even if you weren't, listen, to one degree or another, you're right. We've all experienced it, whether we're adults and we're in the workplace. And unfortunately there are workplace bullies or whether it's something that we never fully address that happened when we're kids, but you're right. It's important to, to focus on that and figure it out because do you hear my kids banging? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) My three-year-old, he's like, mom, speaking of bullies, make me some dinner. Um, but we, um, we don't, we don't really acknowledge, like, I think that's part of it. A lot of times we try and sort of just like suppress things and, um, and deny that they're there in my experience. And, and I, I used to be pretty good at that, but my experience is that it really, at some point just rears its head and it rears its head like twice as large as it was the first time. Or is that just me? Has that ever happened to you? Oh my gosh. No, thank you for saying that. I think raising my hand, first off, I've definitely been bullied like massively uh, in school, you know, especially middle school into high school. And it definitely uh, had a, you know, huge effect on me in many ways. And secondly, you know, I think like what you just said, you know, we suppress it, right? Because we're ashamed or we're afraid to admit that that could still be overpowering us as we get older. We're not supposed to be, you know, in that trauma anymore. We're supposed to be adults and you leave high school and you leave school and all these things. But the things that actually happen to us that actually, in my opinion, actually affect us, you know, physically, emotionally, you know, mentally, you know, spiritually, all of those things, like they stay with us. They stay embedded in us, in that trauma until we actually release it and say no more. And like you said, you had that moment of like, fuck off, Jen, this no longer serves me. I'm not going to allow this to add into my limiting beliefs anymore. If anyone's going to limit myself, it's going to be me. And I'm going to have to answer to me. That's exactly it. I'll answer to myself, but I'm sure Sal not answering to you anymore. I don't even remember your last name, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was a mess, but um, and I'm I'm still a mess to this day. I think we all are. I'm, I'm slowly but surely beginning to figure it out. I, I'm sure the pandemic has thrown a lot of us into like a a reckoning with who we are and how we function and a lot of change certainly well for sure and I think all of us have and continue to during this time but I also believe that as much as this time obviously has been hard for so many of us and it's been so you know crazy it's also I feel been moving us all forward as far as being a collective of people to work through all our own traumas and to not suppress it and to actually like look at things head on and move forward versus suppressing over and over again whether it be in our own lives or whatever it may be that we're choosing just to say oh you know it is what it is and especially I think within ourselves because really at the end of the day I believe personally on a spiritual level we're all mirrors of each other we're all reflection so when you continue to like that girl provoking to you it was all her own insecurities that she's putting on to you you are so that's so I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it's so hard to see that, especially when you're young. And I know you when you and I spoke before, we talked about, you know, the stuff people say online about, you know, specifically directed toward women, like weight and body image and how sort of trolly and and just downright mean some people can be. But I, I really do think that when we acknowledge we free up a lot of that, I don't know, that the energy that, yeah. that 
right? That stuff that we sell ourselves and we get so used to hearing, it just becomes like, it just becomes part of who we are and how it's sort of baked into your DNA. And I, um, I did this talk for um, an eating disorder research group last week, and it's called Edgy. It's the Eating Disorder Genetic Institute, and they're studying how genetics plays a role into eating disorders. Because like many others with like low self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera, I went through like an eating disorder. Oh, so did I. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I had a friend from high school who watched it and reached out to me and she said, I had no idea. Like we were pretty good friends in high school and I had no idea that you were going through all this stuff. And I'm so sorry, I was too busy with my own insecurities to recognize this in you. And I was like, God, I just think, A, thank you so much, B, I was a mess and I didn't expect anybody to notice anything going on with me because to some degree, I, I sort of tried to cover the behavior. I, I, you know, I was limited in my ability to do so, but I, I tried my best by like hanging out with the cool people and like trying to be that kind of person, which is not who I am. But had I had one other person just been like, you know what? I am wicked insecure too. Let's hang out together. I would have been like, damn, thank you so much because you feel like you're the only one going through it. And the same thing applies now. All the shit that runs through our heads and we feel like we're so alone with. And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, we even get uh, smeared for sharing the shit that we're going through as TMI or blah, blah, blah. But it's, you know what, I, had I not shared that story about the eating disorder and having anxiety, I wouldn't, wouldn't reconnected with my friend who acknowledged some of the, my pain and her pain. And I feel like that was, it was just a nice moment to have. That's beautiful. I love that. And you're right. It's like, you know, we, if we just had someone turn to us and say like, Hey, I get it too. I'm there. I'm insecure. I, you know, I'm feeling this. And I think another thing, like going back to the pandemic, I feel like because people have been, you know, so isolated and it has been such a trying time for humanity in general, I think that when people before on social media, and I was guilty of this too, of posting more of the glam, the real highlight reel, the real, oh, look at my perfect moments, we're really starting to see a shift across the board of people actually sharing their real shit and the things they go through and their own insecurities they're having. And people are starting to find such heavy connections that they never had before. Oh, 100%. It's interesting. I was just talking to one of my friends and she, uh, she's actually a news producer at um, one of the stations I used to work at. And she was like, we just did a story on a study about how social media has changed in the pandemic because people are getting more in touch with like what's real to them and less concerned with the outer trappings of like, you know, the latest, whatever, I don't know, like high-end bag or shoes or like whatever, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, like we're not going out really. Right. And so like that, all that extraneous exterior stuff that's sure it's nice and it's pretty, but it's not really who you are. It's just what's on the outside. Like that stuff is sort of dropping away. And you know what else I have discovered in the last 12 months? I will say since I've started my business um, just a little less than two years ago, I have found this like 
group of women that holy shit, man, I don't know where they've been all my lives, but I am so damn happy I met them. And I, I love my friends in the news business, but business ownership is like a different thing. Entrepreneurship is a different thing. And I don't, I didn't know shit about business when I first started. Like when I tell you six months in, I didn't even know what a PL was. That's a true story. <laughs> but like I have found such just I, I don't even know the right word. Like these grand gestures of like girl power and like women supporting women and women lifting up other women and women offering to help and like be, you know, collaborative. I just, that has been a phenomenal uh, turn for me, especially in the last 12 months. I, I think that we have found ways to be more collaborative and more supportive, I think as well. Yes. And I love that you said that because I also think too, especially with women, like there is more collaboration happening across the board because we are looking for that real connection, that competition that I have to be quote unquote better than you, my ego, my this, my that you're right. It's the same thing with the handbags and the fashion. It's like, Hey, look, I'm a celebrity stylist. Like I love fashion, but I also have had that right. real so much of like it really is the exterior it's really not as important I knew those things but it's like you're being reminded of those right. you know I, it, it's I trust me I like a nice bag as much <laughs> as the next gal and I I have I have some up in my closet don't tell my husband he doesn't know <laughs> but like but when it comes down to it it's it's it can be easy to get distracted by that stuff and like I have felt that things have been more genuine, you know, than they, than, than social media is often given credit for, especially over the last 12 months, you know, I'm, yes, like, I'm I still agree. all in. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And it's like, and it's honestly, for me, it's felt like a breather because as you know, like, you know, I started sharing a lot more real and raw almost two, almost, almost three years ago now. And so you know, I'm like, oh yes. Okay. I've been here for it. Like, you know, like, yeah, I've been in it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've been in it. I've been sharing it. I've been getting whacked for it. You know? So it's like, you now, know, <laughs> let me, let me cut you off. Is that shit still happening? Are you still getting whacked for that? Oh, I still do. I had someone the other day I posted, did you see my video? I did to be funny, but I was like really doing it because I was having a hard day with my body with my what's yes. okay yeah okay so people are like what is that why are you grabbing your stomach that's gross and i'm like oh fuck that <laughs> are you kidding me god i'm gonna be dropping f-bombs like a lot <laughs> i feel like i love it i'm here for it it's i'm just like, crap though it really, know. you know yeah it, it drives me batty who and by the way even if even if somebody what is what does somebody get out of posting some like posting something negative in response to that I just can't fathom what it does for them does it make you feel better are you perfect yeah I like I just don't that mindset is something that just I feel what if I'm mean to somebody I feel miserable like I, I don't I'm I'm not mean to people because it doesn't feel good you know what I mean Oh, 100%. I know. I know exactly what you mean. And I feel the same way. It's like, if I say something mean, like I immediately like take it back or I think about what I said and then I apologize. Like, you know, it's, it's so interesting. And what you're talking about right now of like, you know, what do you get from that? What do you feel? And I think, you know, I mean, obviously we don't know these people, but 
I think the answer is going back to like the woman you spoke about in the beginning with Jen. It's like, what was her deal? Her own insecurities, her own spin out, her own trauma that she was projecting onto you because she couldn't deal with it herself. Right. That's exactly what it was. I just, I, you know, I wish, I think, you know, it's, I wish we were all just better at talking to one another. Maybe, is it that easy? I don't know if it's that easy, but I wish we were a little more vulnerable. I think we'd, I think we'd be a lot better to each other and we'd have a lot more, um, I don't know, a lot more peace, perhaps that sounds a little hokey, but we're hey, all so afraid I'm of here for it. I'm here for it. I'm all about, I'm like, let's figure out a way to bring everyone to peace. That's how honestly yeah. I feel that so much of this time has served and will continue to serve to force us all to come to that because really then the day, that's all that we all really do want, whether we believe it or not. Right. And you know, I think what you were just saying, those conversations, right? This is why I said to my husband, I was literally in tears at the beginning of the pandemic because, you know, I'm pregnant, I have anxiety, all the things going on. And I said to my husband, I said, I am so grateful for my podcast and my show because I can have vulnerable, real and raw conversations, no filter, no bullshit, whether you like what I'm saying or not. And it's just raw and real and me. And I get lit, like lit up every time I get to have these conversations with incredible people like you who are like, yes, I feel the same way. I want to be more vulnerable. I want to have these conversations. It's like you said it but best, you know, if we could have more people have these conversations, we wouldn't be in half the shit that we're in. That's exactly it. It's scary as hell. I mean, I'll be the first to say, I'm like, nobody wants to roll over and be like, here, look at my soft underbelly and you can stab it if you want to and it'll <laughs> feel bad, but I'll show it to you again. Like, this is scary freaking thing. But I, I am 100% on board. It's like, you, but you have, yeah, it's just, you have to be deliberate about it. And I can tell, like listening to you and listening to your podcast, I can tell this is where you light up because I can hear it in your voice and I can hear the realness and I can, you know, we've spoken not in person, but via video and I can, it's easy to pick that, that energy up from you. Well, thank you. And I hope that more people, when they listen, they, they feel that way because I just want this to be a safe space, whether you agree with what I share or not, whether I trigger you, whatever it may be, it's to get us all to that place of just speaking more authentically, being more, like you said, you're like your soft underbelly, go ahead and poke it. It's nobody wants to share that. It's so, right. you know, taboo for decades, right? Don't talk about this, sweep this under the rug. Don't share yeah. this. And it's like, but again, going back to what you said in the beginning, it's that suppression. That's all we've been doing of like, don't talk about it. Don't let anybody see that things are a mess. Don't let someone know that you're struggling. Don't have the emotions. I mean, my aunt said to me um, a while back when I was talking to her about my postpartum depression, she goes, you know, I'll never forget when I was going through that. And I didn't even know I had that because back then nobody talked about it. Yeah. And she said she was crying and having a horrible day and they were walking the street and she was with her mom and her mom turned to her and said, hurry up and wipe your eyes. The neighbors are coming. Oh God. Oh my God. And I started bawling, Carrie. I was like, oh my God. That's so sad. It really is sad. It is. And it's like, but it's like nothing was done, you know, maliciously. This is the way they were told to be. This yeah. is the pattern. And this is the patterns I believe that we're breaking out of. Well, you know, it's when you talk about postpartum. So I had, um, I had a series of miscarriages before my second and oh, wow, I did not know that. 
Yeah, um, I had no problems at all with my first. And then I had four miscarriages before I finally um, conceived and, and held on to my second pregnancy. And then I had a third and I had one before him. But I, I remember at the, so I did actually the station that I was working for at the time did a, did a big piece on it because it's one of those things where it's remarkable to me that I think the statistic is 25% of women have had a miscarriage and it's still like sort of stigma ish, like not a lot of people talk about it. It's sort of an awkward thing. And I, you know, I felt stigma like within myself, not because people were saying anything to me, but I felt like, oh, look at my, my body's betraying me. I can't do anything right. I'm too old and blah, blah, blah. I waited too long. Like all of this crazy shit. And I remember somebody had asked me like, well, did your mom have, did your mom have any miscarriages? And I was like, you know what? I have no friggin' idea because that generation just didn't talk about that stuff. And I didn't even think to ask her because I don't, it's a, just a different mindset. And I'm, I'm glad that we're slowly but surely breaking out of what has traditionally been um, the roles that we're assigned to in terms of what we're allowed to talk about and what we have to keep to ourselves. It's, it's certainly not a done deal. There's a lot of progress that needs to be made when it comes to women's issues and discussing them, but, but we're, we're taking incremental steps in that direction. I hope, I think, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that the more we have these conversations, the more we are allowing ourselves to be raw and continue to step into that. And like you said, it's not comfortable, but continue to allow ourselves to get uncomfortable and be comfortable being there. I think the more we empower and give others permission to the same and not that anyone ever needed permission, but again, because of what you spoke about, how you didn't even know about your mom, because those conversations didn't happen because for decades, they've been told to keep the trauma in, to hide this, to make everything look pretty. We are breaking out of all of that, I believe. And so the more we empower others to allow them to have these conversations, the more you are going to align with others and say, I will find someone where I feel I can have a safe space to have these conversations. And hopefully the more we do that, eventually it does become more mainstream so that people don't feel like you have to have a place to say it. You just feel you can say it because that's where you're at that day. It's 100% it. It doesn't have to be hidden. It doesn't have to be under wraps. It doesn't have to be shameful or stigmatized. It just can be something that is part of that fabric that weaves us all together because most of us at some point have been through it in one way or another. Right, exactly. And so, you know, this conversation is so inspiring because, you know, we started with the conversation of you, you know, being bullied and how it led you to know you not only owning what you loved and did for a career, but then starting your consulting, which is all about empowering others to do the same and give them that confidence. I mean, let's talk about that. What is that like for you now? Being on the other side of all that and getting to work with others, especially I'm sure women who are coming to you like, I am too scared. I can't speak on camera, but I want to do this. Like, what is it like for you getting now to like coach those people and help them be themselves and step into that rawness on camera? Yeah, it's, um, 
It's super rewarding. I absolutely love it. It's fulfilling. There is a part of what I do that's a little bit of therapist as well, because everybody comes into just like being on, on a stage in public speaking, everybody comes into, you know, creating video and being on camera with their own set of baggage. Usually, most people are not super comfortable for any number of reasons, just the way they are on a stage. And so, um, so they, when I talk with women who are struggling, the, the so here's what I say. I, I'll, I'll give you a story. When I, when I was a newbie on air and I was still cutting my teeth and I was learning the ropes and figuring out how to put a story together. And I took these steps every day to be on air. Um, the thing that I found that was, and I'm sorry, my daughter is, is at the door here. So I'm getting oh, you're fine. You're real lonely. It's all good. <laughs> start over again. The thing that I realized was the turning point for me was when I knew that I could handle whatever was thrown my way. It was not ever that I had a perfect show. It was never that I had perfect a perfect newscast or a perfect story, but it was no matter what came my way, I could handle the changes. It was that, you know, I, my mic went dead or my video went to black or the reporter's microphone went out or, you know, we had breaking news and I had no information and I had to ad lib on nothing for 15 minutes until we got a reporter to the scene. Like I, I knew that whatever came at me, I would, I would emerge on the other side, meaning at the end of the newscast on my two feet, I would walk back to my desk one foot after the other. And I would sit down and I would look at the show and my paycheck would still clear and everything would be fine. And it was that knowledge and understanding that, right. It may not always be pretty, but damn it, I was going to do it and I was going to get through it. And I was going to be able to, right? I mean, it's it's realizing finally that I had the skills to, to handle whatever came my way. And that's where the confidence um, started to spike. And that's where I started to really get my feet underneath me. And I, I say the same thing to my clients. You know, we work obviously in a different way. I have some people who I'm training who are looking to go into the news business, but most of them are looking for, they want to be able to sell on camera, you know, similar to selling from the stage. They want to be able to create video for their business, or their personal brand. And it's, you can't just keep practicing. At some point you have to have to publish. And when you publish and you take your licks or you, you know, you, people have to say because always somebody was some shit to say right once you figure out that you can handle that and it's not going to crush you it's life-changing wow so I mean, it's absolutely life-changing yeah what well, i was gonna say so powerful when you just said that when you take your licks and you know when everything that happens and you realize that you'll still be fine after that that that's life-changing you're right it's yeah. like 
there's there's so much of that right where we all in life just fall and you're meant to fall right it's like <laughs> you can't be perfect all the time you know and and i've learned as hard as it is the more falls i've had the more you know struggles the more you know just humps and, and everything else the more i've learned from those things and then i ha haven't really learned as much from my success that's exactly you learn from your failures more than you learn from anything else Right. Exactly. I, I have found that my, it's like that Albert Einstein thing. It's, um, what does he say? He says, if you, I didn't, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just figured out 10,000 ways that it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. And that's how I, you know, I mean, that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow because it doesn't feel like, um, you're moving forward. It feels like you're you're failing or you're falling behind. But really, at the end of the day, that's how we all learn. It really is. It sounds so trite, but um, it sounds like a platitude. But it's it is so very true. Yeah, so true. And so it sounds like you really get not only obviously to help others feel that confidence and empower them to do the work that they know that they really can do deep down, but you help them find that. But it also, like you said, in, in a way, there's also this therapy. So I'm sure for you as well, it's also therapeutic getting to work with all these different women. It is. I feel such a sense of, um, I feel a sense of, it's almost like coming full circle. You know what I mean? Because I see a lot some of myself, not in exactly, the, it doesn't, it doesn't always look the same way on the outside, but I, I feel that like insecurity. I know what it's like to try something new and feel completely out of your element and not only try something new, but then put that new try out there for the world to see and get ready for the comments to come in. And that's a scary feeling, especially if you're not confident in what it is that you're putting out there or how you're putting it out there. And so for me, I, I see a lot of the fears that I used to have in my clients, at least when they first start working with me. And then to see that change and to see them publish a video or to see them um, start to find that their revenue has increased or their business has grown because they're they're implementing some of the digital marketing strategies that we've talked about as it relates to video. That's huge, huge. And I, I, it thrills me to no end. I love that. Well, and you know, I've heard this before and it just always, I get reconfirmation of this all the time when I have people on like you that share these stories. It's like, we all have gifts and we're meant to share them. We're not meant to keep them. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, and it's funny because I, I find that when I, um, when I talk to people who are worried about, well, you know, I don't, why am I putting this out there? Who am I to have, you know, my voice be the voice of authority or expertise or whatever it is when it comes to this particular topic? Um, and I'm like, you know what? Don't think of it that way. Think of it. What is, what do you wish you would have known? What do you wish someone would have told you about what you do when you first started, right? It's not, it, you're 
you are helping people and they have to know that you're there in order for you to be able to do that. If they don't know that you're there, it doesn't matter how great or how bad you are because nobody's going to find you because you're not willing to put yourself out there. And that is the scariest thing, but you, you, you can't get around it. You cannot go above it, below it, around it. You have to go through it. You have to do it. I love that. You have to go through it. You have to do it. Well, and when you were saying that, I was honestly getting chills because, you know, I was thinking about also too, we were talking earlier on, you know, in the show about limiting beliefs. And, you know, when you saying that, it's like, you really are bringing to, you know, the forefront of everyone's limiting beliefs. Well, why me? Why should I share this? Oh, am I really worthy of sharing this? Oh, what's this? And it's so that voice in your head that tells you, you know, don't do all of these things. And so, For anyone listening right now, I mean, there's been so much gold for you all to write down, but like, Carrie, what would you say to people listening that are like sitting there being like, well, I do let my limiting beliefs take over me. And like someone like you, you know, who has gone from bully, you know, to full-blown, you know, news anchor and reporter and success to now opening your own business where you're empowering others to have that confidence. What would you say to them? Oh my gosh. Listen, um, if (laughs) if I could do it, you could do it is pretty much what it comes down to in a nutshell. Um, Sorry. Are you editing this? You're fine. I can edit this part. Okay, good. Because my house is a disaster. (laughs) I'm trying to, it's like my three-year-old's banging at the door. My 10-year-old's got to have piano lessons. My seven-year-old's like, I'm hungry. Where's my food? My husband's like barfing upstairs in the Bathroom. Oh, it's just a complete it, shit show. Yeah, I would say fun. this. Okay. It's the real I know we're not on videos we're talking right now, but I always, when I do a video call with somebody, I say, you know, you have such little text. And this goes both ways. It goes not only for whom you're speaking to, but it also goes for yourself. All you see is what's in that little tiny rectangular Zoom box or whatever it is, right? Whatever video platform you are, or whatever social media thing you're on, right? It's, you see that. You're lacking the context. You don't know that outside of that little window of mine, there's like a pile of dog shit on the floor that's been sitting there for three days. And I now salute as I go by just an appreciation of its tenure. Like there's, you know, there's, (laughs) there's dishes piled up in the sink. Like there's none of that. You need to know that everybody is going through the same shit and it may look different on the outside but we're all going through it. And the way that it plays out is, right, it's often in that internal crap that we tell ourselves about not being worthy or we can't do this or why should I, who am I and why would anybody listen to me and I'm afraid and I can't, right? That shit I tell myself on the daily still, but I have to be deliberate in saying, okay, well, what are your, what are your fucking options then, Carrie? Like you <laughs> do, right? And the, and, and the news business has shown you, you're not terrible at it. So what exactly do you need to, to make you believe that you can do this and you should be doing this? And, and do you want to give it up? And the answer is, of course, I don't want to give it up. So you must do it. And sometimes that involves 
literally white knuckling it through the day, right? Like this day is from hell or I'm scared shitless because I have this new client and he or she is really hard to please or like, I don't know what I can do, right? And sometimes it's just white knuckling it through the day. And that's sometimes how we have to get through it. But really bigger picture, it's, boy, it's realizing that you do have what it takes to handle whatever is coming at you, right? There's an expression. You have what it takes to take whatever is coming at you. Write that down, anyone listening. (laughs) 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 I heard this quote, I read this quote, and I, I wish I could attribute it to, I cannot remember where I read it, but the quote itself has stuck with me for years now. And it's, do the things clear the fears. And I'm like that, you don't clear the fears first and then do the things. That's not how it works. You do the things and that's how you clear the fears. Oh my God. Okay. Write that down to do the things and clear the fears. I'm, I'm, taking, that, I'm taking that for myself. That's really good. <laughs> I should have taken credit for it. I can't remember where I read it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I love it. I love your realness. I love, you know, honestly, like it it really, I think is so inspiring, you know, not just, you know, for myself, but for anyone listening, because you do look at someone like you, right. And you see your story and you see all the incredible accomplishments you've had, all the titles you've held and the business you now started and all these things. And you don't know the woman behind, you know, the miscarriages and the woman behind the bullying and the woman behind you and all these things that you went through that also built up so much of your strength and your own empowerment and confidence to bring you to where you are today. And like you said, become full circle. Like how fucking amazing is that? I really do. There was a time in my life when I truly thought, why the hell would I ever be grateful for those experiences? And I have to tell you, I am now because that, that was some pretty, um, that was some pretty, that was, there was, there were very tough years for me. And, um, and I am grateful for them now because they have molded me. They've taught me to never give up. They've taught me to, not accept failure. And by that, I don't mean that failure is bad, but when I say failure, I mean, listen, no is not gonna be an answer. I'm gonna figure out how to make this work, whatever it is, and I will show up every damn day until I figure out how to make it work because I want it to. Um, and I think that's just, that that's that's really what it's all all about right now anyway. Yes, I love that you show up every damn day, whether you want to or not, you just show up. And especially as moms, because you know, I have so many moms that listen to my community. That's what we have to do. We just have to show up. We don't get sick days. What the hell is that all about, man? <laughs> I want sick pay. It's before shit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's wild, but it's so inspiring, you know, someone like you to share all that and to continue to push that message of empowerment and confidence because anyone listening can take away something and know that, you know, they can do it. And like you said, you have to go through it in order to do it. Like it has to happen. You're not going to get around it. You're not going to circle on it. Like you just have to do it. And I think that's such an important message. And so Carrie, thank you so much for being like, so seriously, like freaking amazing, such a rock star sharing your story, being so real and vulnerable, like for all the things that you do to share the way you did today means so much to me. 
Oh, well, thank you for being a rock star and being vulnerable and amazing. And I knew I was going to love being on your podcast. And I'm so grateful that you invited me to be a guest. So thank you. Yes. And tell us, of course, we can find you, follow you, you know, pimp yourself out, hug yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I have, I have a podcast of my own that's about to launch in April called the Mavens of Marketing. And it's all about marketing, every single thing you could want to know about marketing and so much more. Plus it's fun. The tagline is come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights and borderline inappropriate (laughs) jokes. Um, and I have a digital course coming out in April as well, how to turbocharge your business with DIY marketing video, soup to nuts, everything from location scouting to crafting your message, reading from a prompter, SEO distribution, the whole nine yards. However, outside of all of that stuff, I am on every single social media platform. You can find me pretty much anywhere, even TikTok, but the easiest place to find me is either on Instagram at care, K-E-R, Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, or on LinkedIn, Carrie Barrett. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And guys, I know you guys got so much gold and goodness has a conversation, but you know, if there's anything you're going to take away from this, like realize how much you can go through and still have that confidence and that you are meant to do it. Like Carrie said, if you're given it, if it's presented to you, you are meant for it, you can do it and you are worth it. So Carrie, thank you so much. And guys, till next time. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired. 